Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome back in to Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. I'm Coulter Nuanas, Sean Rainey from SWX Montana Television. You probably, maybe you're watching it on SWX Montana Television. You probably recognize that pretty face. He's the sports director over there at SWX. And uh, great friend of mine, we do this each and every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. Sean sits in the chair each Wednesday. And uh, maybe a little more now that basketball season's over, especially with our upcoming baseball previews. If you missed anything in the first hour, talked a little bit about my experience in Indianapolis. Uh, by the way, uh, Montana has started spring ball. You heard that if you listen to Friday and Monday's shows. We did some spring ball breakdowns from Indianapolis on Grizz football. Montana State, they started yesterday. They will not have any spring games on the schedule. They will have the Sunny Hall and spring game, which is the internal scrimmage, but no games like the Grizzlies, where the Grizz are going to be playing against uh, Central Washington and Portland State. No games for the Bobcats, but they did get underway. Yesterday, I had a chance to catch up with a bunch of Bobcat people today, including Troy Anderson, the All-American, uh, do-everything senior for the Bobcats, as well as new head coach Brent Began, uh, linebackers coach Bobby Daly, and offensive line coach Brian Armstrong. So I'll be sharing those interviews with you both on SkylineSportsMT.com as well as on this show throughout the rest of the week uh, and also get some good Grizz feedback as well. But first hour of this show, I talked about my experience in Indianapolis and also broke down Shante Leggins leaving Eastern Washington, going to Portland of the West Coast Conference. Heard from Trace Tinkle, former Oregon State star, Missoula Hellgate alum, who is the son of Wayne Tinkle. 
And uh, his dad into the Sweet 16 as Oregon State's head coach. So we heard from Trace about what that experience has been like watching some of his former teammates and rooting on his pops as Oregon State on the best run in about four decades in their school's history. And then we also had a little trivia. So if you missed anything in the first hour of the show, find it on the podcast like always. Please rate, review, subscribe, all those things. Five stars is preferred. Find it on Nuanas Now. Just Google Nuanas Now, any of your podcast hosting platforms. Proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, as well as the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. I asked John a question about the Sweet 16 appearances for the Judd Heathcote coaching tree that was established at Montana. And here's the actual uh, numbers. Six, six overall Sweet 16s from that Judd Heathcote coaching tree. Three by Mike Montgomery. One by Jim Brandenburg, one by Larry Kostoviak, and now one by Wayne Tinkle. So um, it's hard to do. It is hard to do, man. It's hard to win two. It's uh, so a lot of those guys won one a lot of times, but ne- never won the second one. So um, congratulations to Wayne Tinkle. It is a, an accomplishment uh, worth noting. Former Montana head coach leading Oregon State in the Sweet Sixteen. It is time now for our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. And we usually do a long-form interview with some of the great sports figures from in and around the state of Montana. But today we're just going to talk all things NCAA Tournament because Paradise Falls is the presenting sponsor of our Bracket Challenge. Got over 150 entries from all you fine folks, so thanks so much for that. We'll keep you apprised of the leaderboard and all those things. We have a $400 cash prize plus $100 in gift cards for the first place winner, $100 worth of gift cards for the second place winner, and $75 worth of gift cards for the third place winner. So great prizes uh, presented by Paradise Falls, uh, but also a couple other great sponsors involved in that as well. Uh, Tagliari Deli is going to throw in some gift cards, Dobie's Teriyaki, Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, the Iron Grizz. We have a whole bunch of Good eats and drinks for you, like we always like to do here on Nuanas Now. So uh, let's start there, Sean. How's your bracket doing? Is it totally busted? It's bad. It's not even. It's bad. It's not even like totally busted. It, I just, I knew. So I, I have an office, one of my own, right? Which sure. is not as many people. Mm-hmm. But I knew what in in one like this, where there's, you know, you're going to get a, a, a couple hundred people that you gotta you gotta go a little crazy in order to to come out on top. And so I, I just, uh, you know, I went with some crazy outside the box picks and they, they all lost and I didn't pick the, the right upsets. I, I kind of went, I, I had a uh, San Diego state in the elite eight with Illinois at Oklahoma state going far. Um, and I have Illinois in the championship game against Gonzaga. So that didn't happen. That didn't happen. What to you has been the biggest upset of this tournament so far? Because I think that some of the upsets... Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts uh, and maybe Abilene Christian Topple in Texas. That, that was a pretty good one as well. Um, I thought there's a lot of... of um, as we know, it's been a weird year. I think that there was several teams, though, that they were just really underseated because they didn't play the duration of their schedule. If they could have got to play their whole schedule, they probably would have had better finishes. A team like Oregon, to me, Oregon, they're really good. They're better than a seven seed. I thought Loyola Chicago, that when you watch yeah, the Illinois they're so good. When you watch the Illinois game, that it was not like a one versus an eight. That looked like a regional final game. It looked yeah. like a one versus a four or a one versus a three. Yeah, and I guess like you could probably argue that a, a one seed going down in the first weekend is more of an upset than you know, or Roberts making it to the sweet sixteen, but obviously a fifteen beating a two is a pretty big deal. And it's not like Oral Roberts was, like, amazing during the season. No, they like, were fourth in the summit. Yeah, so, like, I think I think them beating Ohio State was probably the biggest one. I know Ohio State was missing one of their better players, but still, like, 
man, that was that was rough. Um, but I mean, Loyal Chicago downing a one seed in the opening weekend was big, but I, I don't think that that was as big of an upset just because, I mean. If you all the people that are familiar with college basketball or know that program, like there's a lot of people that said like this team is better than the team that went to the Final Four a few years ago. And after watching them closely, I, I've I had watched a few games of them this year, but watching them closer against you know more common opponents that you have watched nationally throughout the year, like man, they are so good. Also, like they are just so well coached and. Or maybe Illinois is not very well coached because sure. that was just like an absolute clinic. Like they were just running the same thing over and over and over again. And Illinois like could not stop it whatsoever. Um, and that's why when we were talking to Trace, like I thought it's a bummer that Loyola Chicago is playing Oregon State because I love watching Loyola Chicago because they're so good. Obviously, I'm going to be rooting for Oregon State and Coach Tinkle and the Beavs, but I think it's going to be a tough task against Loyola Chicago. I actually, if I, if I had to re rank my teams and, and pick it right now. I have Loyola Chicago going to the Final Four. Wow. Interesting. My bracket's doing pretty pretty okay. Um, it's This is funny because the person who uh, was leading our bracket here, hold on, let me pull up the ESPN Missoula bracket challenge. Yes, the person who is leading our bracket, he is, I know who he is. He's a loyal listener. He's the most superstitious person I, I know. And, uh, he has expressed through second parties that have gotten a hold of me. He doesn't want his picks or, or what his bracket says or any of the results mm. or anything like that talked about. Gotcha. So the person that's in the lead, if you're listening, you know who you are and <laughs> you're winning. And hopefully that doesn't jinx you. But if it does, whatever, you're going to win a great grand prize if you hold on for this. But we have some pretty darn good brackets right now uh, in our pool. I'm sitting there, I guess, in a tie for 19th. I have uh, 480 points, which is, uh, excuse me, I have I have uh, 400 points. I have 1480 as a possible score, but I'm in the 95.3 percentile, which is pretty good. The two the two people in the top are in the hundredth percentile. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We got two people in the ESPN Missoula bracket challenge presented by Paradise Falls in the top 100 percentile. We have what? Let's count them: one, two, three in the 99.7, then one, two, three, four, five, six in the 99.4. So we have 11 people in the 99.4 percentage. Uh, of the entire nation in this thing. So good job, Missoula and Montana well, people. And to put this in into perspective, in a couple other groups I'm in, the highest we have one and that's ninety eight point seven. And then after that, the next highest are ninety two. So I mean that's that puts it in perspective. Like that's pretty good. For sure. And and of these people that are in our ESPN Missoula bracket challenge presented by Paradise Falls, you have the following national champs, Gonzaga, Syracuse, Alabama, Gonzaga, Baylor, Baylor, Alabama, Florida State, Gonzaga, Gonzaga. So they have uh, their their favorite, their their potential national champs. They got it. Uh, it's still alive as well. So um, it's going to be fun to see how it all plays out. What other games did, did you get a chance to watch? So I'll give you the rundown. Of all the games um, I was able to see, I saw Oklahoma twice. I'm play against um, Missouri and Gonzaga. The Gonzaga game I watched with Oklahoma. That that Gonzaga is the best team I saw. They were so 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 good. I watched Creighton USB uh, UCSB. Excuse me, Santa Barbara. Creighton, oh, that game killed me. That, Creighton didn't look great. I had UC, I had UCSB going to the Sweet 16. Uh, see, I did too. And uh, they lost, and they should have won that game. And I mean, credit to Creighton though, because they bounced back. Like. 
Not a lot of people picked them to go to the Sweet 16, and you know they've had some controversy this year. Um, that game against Gonzaga is going to be entertaining, just because it's going to be a high score. Like, Creighton does not is not very good defensively. Like right. Gonzaga's might put up a hundred. Well, I mean, watching Gonzaga, they might put up hundred on, on everybody. I thought Oklahoma played exceptionally well, and they fought. I was the watching whole game, and they still lost by fifteen. I know. I was watching a little bit of the first half, and the announcers were like, "Oklahoma's played actually pretty good defense here in the first half," and they gave up like forty six. You know, forty six points. <laughs> yeah. the, I know it was unbelievable. <laughs> Oklahoma was hanging around the whole time, and they had multiple great athletes, and they had good shot blockers. I thought they they. Um, I thought the the Rivers kid was the point guard was good. The Harkless kid was good, and Gonzaga's just a machine, man. The way they they execute, very impressive. Other first round games, I got a chance to catch Kansas versus Eastern Washington. Wasn't impressed with Kansas really. Obviously, Eastern Washington took them out of their game quite a bit, but I didn't. USC think that, looked really good. USC looked great. Saw saw USC's second round win over Kansas. They looked incredibly confident. That's the. So I want to ask you this question. Again, we try listen to Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN was or maybe you're watching SWX Montana Television. Sean Rady from SWX joining me, Coulter Nuanas. We try to talk about the pandemic as little as possible on the show because I think this is a great place for people to get a release and uh, not have to hear about all the things that dominate the conversation everywhere else. But the, and you have to talk about the scheduling portion of this. I think twofold. I think the Pac 12 teams, because of the way where they're located, they were, they, had less practice time in the preseason. They had uh, more games canceled than other conferences, both in the conference and out of conference. And I think that like the guys in LA and stuff were way more used to being quarantined. And I think that's why the Pac-12 teams have had so much success. You got four Pac-12 teams in the Sweet 16. Because I think that some of the other schools were from different regions that maybe had different circumstances. They weren't prepared to go and be on this full-on lockdown, whereas the Pac-12 teams, especially the teams from L.A., both USC and UCLA, they've probably been living this life for months. What do you think of that? I hadn't even thought about it that, that it that way. Um, I mean, who knows? I mean, I mean it makes sense for sure. with you saying it. I also think that, I mean, they're just, they're flat out is. I mean, there's there's a an East Coast, West Coast bias sure. that goes on nationwide. And that's just because, and I understand that because when I remember, I'll never forget, like when I went to my uncle's in Orlando, Florida for like three weeks during a summer one time, and I was like trying to watch Padres games. And I was like, I cannot stay up this late. Like the games, when games start at, you know, 10 o'clock at night, like you can't watch games till one in the morning all the time. So, like, they're not being watched. So, people just don't know about these West Coast teams. Um, I also think that, like, they just... I, I think that the top half of the Pac-12 was very solid, but they didn't have, like, these standout teams initially, slash, like, they didn't have, like, big names with, like, any upperclassmen or, like, a lot of returning guys. And so, you just kind of just... A lot of it was just unknown in the Pac-12, but I and I am not gonna lie, I was kind of like, man, I might fade the Pac-12 here in the tournament a little bit. But they have been uh, they have been super super impressive, impressive, especially USC. Like I, you know, I watched them against the Grizz and to start the season, I was like, yeah, you know, they're solid and things like that. But that just shows that like when your best players are true freshmen in, in Evan Mobley and things like that, like you can just completely change from the first game of the year moving on. And we saw that with Oregon state a lot as well. Like they, you know, kind of struggled out of the shoot and then started playing, you know, a lot better as the, as the season was going on. The question I want to ask you, if you had to break down the percentage of 
who's going to win the tournament? How would you how would you break it down? I think Gonzaga has a full fifty percent chance of winning. That's what I was going to say. Exactly. I I also have a. I got a bad impression of Baylor. We had a three-game first day scheduled, and we had a gap in games, and we got tickets to the Baylor-Hartford game for like eight bucks. Mm-hmm. And we were like, well, we're only going to be able to stay for a half of this before we have to go to our next game, but we're not doing anything, so let's just go watch Baylor because they're good, and let's just see. So we only watched them for the first half, and they really struggled. So I didn't get to see Baylor at, I, the, at their full... See, I like Baylor. See, I, I, didn't, we, I didn't get to yeah. see them at their full powers, and then they obviously turned it on in the second half. Rolled past Hartford, and by all accounts, they looked great against Wisconsin. So I do think that Baylor is a pretty good uh, contender. I think they have, you know, I I give them a one out of five chance to win. I'd say Gonzaga is a one out of two chance to win it. I was really impressed with Arkansas. That was the very first game we went to. Colgate gave them a little bit of a run early on, but I think Arkansas, they're really balanced. They have athletes across the board. Um, Eric Bussell was a really good coach. They he knows how to really crank it up and put presses on and put traps on when you need to. And they just have so many long guys that I think that that's going to be a hard matchup uh, for a lot of people. I was not impressed with Villanova. I watched Villanova against Winthrop. They won the game relatively easily, but they were not that um, stand out to me. I was also a little bit underwhelmed by Michigan. I know that they kind of won going away against LSU oh, without Livers. Like he's just Livers like their, hurt, he's, no like their, he's like their glue guy of their whole team. Right. Like he's so good. And so like without him, like I would have said that Michigan had maybe the second best chance to win the whole thing, close up there with Baylor if they had Livers. And I, I, I think you do have to give him some credit for hanging around um, without him. But yeah, I, I'm with you. Fifty percent Gonzaga. I like Baylor seconds, and then. Alabama's look pretty good too. I didn't. That was the one of the of we got to see almost all of the top four seeds and almost all the brackets. Got a chance to see Tennessee, Oklahoma State. Got a chance to see Arkansas. Um, got a chance to see Texas. Got a chance to see Houston. Um, we got a chance to see didn't so Ohio State, Alabama are basically the and Purdue. Those are the the top teams that we didn't get a chance to see. So my final four right now, if I had to predict, sure. I'm going Gonzaga, Bama, Baylor, Loyola, Chicago. Those are my four. Okay. And I, I think that this so, might sound so crazy. Gonzaga, I th- Baylor, Loyola, Chicago, what's your fourth? And Bama. Bama. Okay. That's interesting. Because I think Alabama will beat UCLA. I don't I think the Michigan FSU game is gonna be really good. I don't really know who's going to come out of that one, but I, I think Bama could get could get by. But I don't think I don't see them beating Gonzaga. So I think it'll be Gonzaga, and then the winner of Baylor and Loyola Chicago. I'd probably lean Baylor at this point, but I do. I, I'm all on Loyola Chicago. I think they are so good. Yeah, for sure. Let's. Here's what we're going to do. It's the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls, great place to watch any NCAA tournament games. They have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So if you want to get down there, maybe have some breakfast before the games get started or maybe have some lunch and then roll it into a happy hour. It's a great place to hang out all day. They have a great menu. They have 18 draft beers, 30 big screen TVs, one of the best places in all of Missoula to watch sports. So head on down to Paradise Falls. I'll work on figuring out prizes a little later on because we're doing this right now in real time. But I'm going to start an ESPN Missoula Bracket Challenge 
the Tournament Challenge Second Chance. So if you want to redo your bracket, come on with us. Sean can participate. Riley, everybody, all of us media guys, we can participate. We're not eligible to actually win any of the prizes, so don't worry about that. You guys are going to be the ones winning the prizes. But anybody and everybody that wants to redo your bracket, there's a if you just go to the ESPN.com, click on Tournament Challenge, then click on Tournament Challenge Second Chance. Fill out a new bracket. Starts from the Sweet 16. Let's see how you'd pick it with just these 16 teams moving forward. And uh, I'll figure out prizes later. Maybe we won't have any prizes. Maybe it'll Is there a group fun. that we have uh, to so, join? So then just join the ESPN Missoula Second Chance group. I have not created it yet because I'm just doing this right now off the top of my head. But in just I a, like it. Just I a like few it. minutes, we're going to have an ESPN Missoula Second Chance group. So just go Tournament Challenge, Tournament Challenge Second Chance, and ESPN Missoula uh, Second Chance group and give us your entries uh, to redo your bracket. So I have three of my final four teams left alive, uh, which is Baylor, Gonzaga, and Florida State. So do I. I, that, I, that, I those, that's I those good. I had Illinois well. in the final four, but I had them losing to Baylor in the in the uh, the semis before the championship round. But um, I still have uh, six of my elite eight teams left too, which I'm pretty happy about. Um, so I do think that my bracket's looking okay. Uh, I I was high on Oregon coming into the tournament. I have them in the Elite Eight, so if they can continue to make a run, that's kind of the one area where my bracket is maybe different than a lot of people's. I have USC versus Oregon in the Sweet 16. I got Oregon winning that game, so that's one where I was able to, to diversify a little bit. Um, I also got Michigan versus Florida State in that side, and I also had UCLA-Alabama, so that was a way that, as far as Sweet 16 matchups go. As far as my Elite 8 goes, I got Florida State, Alabama. I did lose San Diego State because I listened to you. You put it on Twitter that they're the I, hottest team I, in the country. I man, know. And I there's, know. they're such good three-point shooters, and, and I was like, against it. the zone, like they should be able to be fine, and oh my, that was gross. No, they're, they're, To me, honestly, I saw a lot of upsets that weren't as big of upsets as maybe they wanted to spin them at because I thought that some of the, under, the lower-seeded teams were really good. I thought that was the one of the bigger upsets, though, where it was just the the favored team in San Diego State. They just shot themselves out of the game, and that it was just it was too bad because they are a good team, and who, they were they're honestly one of the hottest teams in the country. Who wins the Syracuse Houston game? So I saw Houston in person against Rutgers, and Rutgers gave them all they could handle and more. Um, Houston, Houston's got some uh, Montana ties with Kelvin Sampson starting yep, his coaching career yep. at Montana Tech in the early eighties. Yeah, yep, for sure. Kelvin Sampson was having a full-on meltdown during the first half of that Rutgers game. Full-on. He, he was pulling guys every three minutes and sitting them down and just ripping them to shreds. I don't know what was going on, but he was just not happy. But finally, they were able to, to figure it out. But uh, it's an interesting one because that, that's the thing about this, this bracket is a lot of times the 11 seeds are teams from like the Summit League or the West Coast Conference or the Horizon or you know, teams that are mid-major leagues. It's not a Jim Beheim coached team. A Jim Beheim coached team. That runs a defense with, that nobody else runs. And, and yeah. that, that has ACC athletes, right? It's yeah. like UCLA is an 11 seed. Well, they still have multiple... Pa- I mean, the guy who in the first four game against Michigan State, the guy, the, the guy who dropped, I think, 30... I mean, that guy was like the California Player of the Year. It's not like he's not like an under recruited underdog. They have guys. It's UCLA. It's well, and, it's, it's a different dynamic yeah. when you have those power fives as the higher seeds. I, I dude, I did it. My second chance. Um, I know you, we got to f- do the actual group, but I'm t- I'm putting Loyola Chicago in the chipper against nice. Gonzaga. I love it. Let's roll. I love it. So that I, I had a, my question. My last question that I had written down was, who's your dark horse? So do uh, you think Loyola Chicago is the dark horse? Yeah, I think they. I think they have a. Small chance to win the whole thing, but I, I'm I'm putting them in the championship. Okay, let's go. Um, let me get my second. Like they're, I mean, they're favored by six and a half over Oregon State. 
Right. So if you assume that they get by them, like they just have to beat Syracuse or Houston, and I sure. think they could do that. Sure. Okay, let's go through the Sweet 16. It is the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls, the presenting sponsor for our Bracket Challenge. And thanks to each and every one of you who entered that Bracket Challenge. We'll keep you up to date with all the results. Let's rip through the Sweet 16 with picks real quick. Gonzaga versus Creighton. Zags. USC versus Oregon. Oregon. I got Oregon as well. Michigan versus Florida State. Florida State. I'm picking the Seminoles as well. Yeah. UCLA versus Alabama. Bama. Okay, I got Bama as well. Okay. Are we going to differ asked, on any of these? You just things? asked Houston, Syracuse. Who do, you asked me. I, I'm taking Houston. Who do you got? I got Syracuse. Okay, there's a different so, one. Yep. Loyal Chicago versus Oregon State. You're taking Loyal Chicago? Yep. I'm taking the Beavers just so that we can, Love it. Just right. so we can yeah, have yeah. some fun here. Baylor versus Villanova. Baylor. We're both on that's Baylor. A, I think for that's sure. the easiest one of the For sure. Almost. And then Arkansas versus Oral Roberts. Yeah, easy. Okay, so then our Elite Eight will have some differing ones here, but Gonzaga versus Oregon. Zags. Zags. Florida State versus Alabama. I'm going to take Bama. You got Bama? I think that's going to be a good game. I though. got Florida State. Okay, okay. so this will okay. be fun. Oregon State versus Houston. Or I guess in your case, Loyola Chicago versus Syracuse. You got Loyola Chicago. Yep. I'm, I'm going with Loyola Chicago or Oregon State. Whoever wins that game, sure. okay. give it to me. Okay, Yeah. cool. <laughs> I'm going Houston. Okay. And then we got Baylor versus Arkansas. That's going to be a heck of a game. That's going to be a great game. I'm going to go Baylor. What's the over-under on that game? 175? No, not that high, but it'll probably be like 158, 159. So I Usually college games don't go over 160. Right. Like Creighton-Gonzaga Creighton is 159. I really gambled on the Oregon-Iowa game, and I teased it all the way up to 175. 175 and a half, so I could get mm, really ridiculous odds. odds. Yeah. And then there's a back-and-forth track beat. I'm loving it. And the final score finishes at 175 on the dot, and I Ooh. lose by half a point. Rough. Brutal. Okay, so then my final four, I got Gonzaga and Florida State. You have that same thing on that side, right? I have Gonzaga-Bama. Well, you got Gonzaga-Bama, and I got yep. Gonzaga-Florida State. Mm-hmm. I think either way, we're both picking Gonzaga, yep. right? Yep, And then I got Baylor versus Houston. You got Baylor versus Loyola-Chicago. Yep. So you're picking Loyola-Chicago to play Gonzaga in the championship. <laughs> let's go. Let's get, let's get weird. Interesting. Okay, so... We'll figure out maybe some side prizes for everybody that wants to enter the Tournament Challenge Second Chance. Again, all you have to do is go to ESPN.com, click on the Tournament Challenge, then go to Tournament Challenge Second Chance. Once you get your bracket, you can enter into the Nuanas now. Actually, let's just go ESPN Missoula Second Chance. So ESPN Missoula Second Chance. That will be our group name. We'll come up with some a uh, some prizes for you, uh, or maybe maybe it'll just be for fun. Stay tuned on that, but we do still have all our great prizes for the number one, the main bracket here. But you and I, a little side bet. Let's say uh, whoever's bracket comes out better, the, the loser has got to buy the winner a round of golf. Does that sound good? Let's do it. Okay. I might not pick Loyola Chicago to go to the championship <laughs> now. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll do a bucket, yeah, of, yeah. bucket of balls to warm up before we play a round of golf. How about that? <laughs> Listen to Nuanas now. It is the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. Paradise Falls, great sponsor of our bracket challenge. They're providing a $400 cash prize and some gift cards for us. The number one winner in the ESPN Missoula Bracket Challenge will receive $500 in prizes. So uh, thanks to all of you out there who entered. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to track and, and follow. If you need a place to watch the NCAA tournament, you want to go root on Wayne Tingle and the Oregon State Beavers, you want to go root on the Zags, whoever maybe you're rooting for, head on down to Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. It's baseball season. Baseball opens a week from tomorrow, Major League Baseball opening day. 
We're going to break down all the divisions. We're starting out west, the National League West. Sean Rainey, Coulter Nuanas. Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Keep it right here. MLB previews begin right after this. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're having a great day. It's another beautiful day in Missoula, Montana. A little chilly, but I think we're coming out of the other side. I can't really call it a long winter. I've lived in Montana for 20-plus years of my 33 years on this earth, and uh, this was definitely one of the more mild winters, so can't really complain about it. Something cool going on, MissoulaEvents.net. By the way, you're listening to Nuanez now on 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as maybe watching in statewide SWX Montana television, MissoulaEvents.net. It's a great place to find all sorts of things going on around Missoula. They're getting cheesy. Hashtag spread the chat, a week-long celebration of the best and brightest artists, entertainers, small businesses, and causes that make Missoula community so unique. Stay in the loop for all the live and local events that start streaming April 6th. So it's coming up here, uh, I guess, week after next. MissoulaEvents.net backslash cheddarboard. Be sure to go check that out for all the great highlights from around this great community that makes Missoula such an awesome town to live in and such a a great place to make a life in. MissoulaEvents.net backslash Cheddarboard. We'll keep you apprised of all that information as well. Time now to dive into something we haven't done in a little while. We talk baseball on this show from time to time. We are the official affiliates of the Missoula Paddleheads on the radio side of things. And we'll continue doing that this summer. That'll be fun Uh, and expanded schedule this year. So more games. I also expect them to be more consistently competitive just because that's going to be a high priority. A lot of times minor league baseball, you don't have a high priority on winning, so to speak, because it's more about developing players. But we're also going to be talking a lot about Major League Baseball on this show. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana is joining me right now, and he's into baseball big time. Fantasy baseball guy, follows all the stuff. And uh, I have given permission to both my buds, Riley Corcoran and Sean Rainey, to reignite my passion for baseball. It used to be my favorite thing in the whole world. And uh, I'm, I'm ready to get back into it. So to do that, for both me and you, the loyal listeners, we are going to embark on previewing all six Major League Baseball divisions starting today with the NL West. Sean himself is from Southern California, so he grew up a big San Diego Padres fan. This is also the division of rivals because 
our other good baseball follower, Riley Corcoran. He's a passionate fan of the defending world champion, Los Angeles Dodgers. So we're going to have a lot of banter about that whole thing. But, Sean, let's get into this. We're going to give you a team-by-team breakdown. But first and foremost, where does this division just fit into the mix of the divisions in baseball? It seems like it, this, especially because of the, the great offseason, the, pod, the great season the Padres had last year, as well as the great offseason that they had, that this is now a division on the rise because you have the defending World Series champions, as well as one of the better young teams in baseball. In, in San Diego, plus some teams that have perennially been pretty good. I don't know what happened to the Giants. We'll get into that in a little while. But the Giants have always been a pretty solid franchise just from an ownership perspective. But to, I mean, where do you think this division fits into the landscape of baseball? Well, I think it's going to be a very interesting dynamic because when you look at a lot of the projections, you have the two best teams in the National League and the two best teams in all of Major League Baseball as far as projected wins in the same division. So it's going to be... Uh, an interesting division in the fact that it's such a two-horse race and the other three really have no shot, like, almost at all, which is kind of a bummer. Like, I have buddies that are, you know, Giants fans and, and Rockies fans, and obviously, like, you know, the, the Osprey used to be the Diamondbacks, so, like, there's a lot of Diamondback ties around here, and, like, it's going to be rough for, like, those fan bases for the next few years because I just don't really know if there's, like, an opening or, or an actual real chance of winning anytime soon. But, and, and I put this out on Twitter and got a lot of flack and... I think that the Dodgers, Dodgers Padres, for the next five years, will be the best rivalry in all of sports. Wow! Like, can you name a better one? Like, and and as far as how like, do you define the best rivalries? Best rivalry, as a- in like two teams that are really good in their sport, don't like each other in the division, going at each other. Like, I I don't think that there's a a better one. I really don't. From a broad national perspective, I agree. I get what the premise that uh, that you're taking this at. Like, not past stuff, just from this moment forward. I just, as stupid as it sounds to us that live in the West, people are so insane, over-the-top, irrational about the East Coast teams, especially the East Coast football teams, that I just think it's hard to overcome. I, if you're defining it purely by the hatred and passion of the rivalry, I hate the NFC East, but I think that it's impossible to overcome like Giants, Eagles, and no, Eagles. I, I, no, I get that, but I'm saying like from this point as far as for just, the next for from right today for the next three to five years, the quality of the competition. I do not think they were there will be a better rivalry on like a, a product of a rivalry on the field of play than than this one. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. I get what you're saying, yeah. and I, I do agree. I think that these two teams have a chance to be really good. So let's start with the defending world champion, Los Angeles Dodgers. I think that Mookie Betts has to enter the season as among, if not the, leading candidate for MVP, right? Yeah, he's, Juan Soto is the favorite. Okay. Mookie Betts is second. Juan Soto from the Nationals? Yeah. Okay. He's a stud. He is a stud. Yeah. Where's um, where's your boy Fernando Tatis Jr. in the? Pre- I think he is like fourth or fifth. He's right there. Okay, he's right there. Yep. That's crazy because how old is he? Twenty. He just turned twenty two. That's. I mean, has there ever been a twenty two year old MVP in the Major League Baseball? I'm not. I'd have to check it. I don't think so. Him, I don't think him so. and Soto are both like twenty. Like Soto's like I think only like a year older. Interesting. Well, so as far as offensively, it starts with Mookie Betts, but the Dodgers have a lot of firepower in that lineup. I mean, Corey Seager, Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger, Max Muncie. Those guys are all All Star caliber players if they put it all together. And then the rotation, pretty darn good. I mean, Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller. They had added Trevor Bauer in the offseason. That's a pretty good. Um, 
upgrade. They still have David Price. They still have Julio Urias. So is that the best rotation in the National League? Best rotation in baseball? Where is that right? I think so. This is going to be the, the most interesting interesting thing about baseball this season is we are going from a short 60-game season to 162. So the difficulty in that is a lot of these pitchers only pitched 50 to 70, maybe 80 innings if you went deep into the postseason. Sure. So as a pitcher, it is hard to then ramp up and the 200 inning benchmark was kind of like, oh, if all, if like your ace goes 200 innings. Right. The, the, the around baseball, they're kind of saying like they're just going to add around like 100 innings onto whatever they pitched the year before. Mm. So that means that the normal of like trying to go 200 innings is going to be around like 180, 170. Right. And a lot of these guys are, might go 150. So you're going to have these guys so, on inning and pitch counts, especially early. Yes. Yeah, so what is going to be very important this year, more than any other year in the history of baseball, is pitching depth in your starting rotation. So having more than five starters. Yes. And a lot of teams, like the Seattle Mariners, have already come out and said, we're going with a six-man rotation. Sure. And the Padres are going to do it to start the season as well, like just throwing six guys out there. So I think so the Dustin, Dodgers, Dustin May could maybe be that yeah, sixth starter. Gonsolin, May, Urias, those yeah. three are and are kind of the rotating guys at the end of the at the end of the the rotation. And I think if you're looking overall, is from a one to like you know eight or nine rotation. I think the Dodgers have the most depth and are the deepest. I think the Padres one through five are better. Than the Dodgers, and that, and that starts with the signing of you Blake got, Snell. You got, they got well, they traded, they traded for you Blake Darvish. Snell, or, traded for you Darvish, right? Traded for Joe Musgrove, right? Um, Denelson Lamet is currently kind of getting babied back, but they, as long as he's healthy towards the end of the season, and then you have Chris Paddock as your number five, who last year was their opening day starter and their ace, right? I think that top five is better than the Dodgers' top five, but the Dodgers have more depth. Padres do have the number one pitching prospect in all of baseball, Mackenzie Gore, kind of waiting in the wings as well. You watched him in Boise. What'd you think when we were in Boise? You were streaming it. What'd you I think? was. Um, he's his stuff is nasty. I mean, he's he's got a little command issues early on. Got to learn how to pitch. Yeah, he'll, he'll figure it out. But his stuff is is there. So, but I, I think the Dodgers. I mean, that's just why they're so good. Depth overall, like their lineup is deep. They they have such flexibility in their offense. That's kind of like the Padres are trying to, to mimic with a lot of their guys having infielders be able to play the outfield. You can like mix and match because throughout a 162 game season, especially you just need that versatility. The Dodgers have a ton of it. I, I think their bullpen at the end with Kenley Jansen is a little suspect. But and, and we'll see if Kenley Jansen gets haunted by some of his postseason struggles last year. But I mean, they're projected to win 103 and a half games. Saw is, that. is there well? Is there the betting line? I think that's a an like 100, 104 games to hit that is a is a lot, especially when you have a really good team and the Padres in the same division as well. Um, Padres are projected to win around 94, 95 games. Diamondbacks and Giants around 74, 75, and then the Rockies at 63. So it's basically two teams that are going to have the best record in the National League, and then no other team really close to 500 is is what the projections are for a very interesting NL West. Nuana is now. I'm Coulter Nuana, Sean Rainey from SWX Montana Television, breaking down the National League West for us. And we'll continue that on the other side. Keep it right here, 1029 ESPN Missoula, or watching it on SWX Montana Television. 
The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home Hey, welcome back. Nuana is now. 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide Television, SWX Montana TV. If you missed anything in the show, great show today. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana joining me like he does each and every Wednesday. Talk to Trace Tinkle, the son of Oregon State head coach Wayne Tinkle. Got a little life update from Trace, but mostly just talked about Oregon State's great run in the NCAA tournament to the Sweet 16. Broke down Shante Leggins, Eastern Washington head coach, leaving to go to the Portland Pilots. What does that mean for the rest of the league, and what do we think of that move? Had some trivia. Also, the ESPN Roundtable, breaking down all of our brackets, presented by Paradise Falls. Bracket Challenge, also presented by Paradise Falls. Gave us some picks. Reminder, ESPN Missoula. Just go to the ESPN.com Tournament Challenge, and then click on the Second Chance Bracket. Pick it from the Sweet 16 on, and then look up the group ESPN Missoula Second Chance. It's the number 2ND, not spelled out second, but 2ND, second chance. And you'll find our group there. We'll work on some prizes for you. Either way, we'll have some fun. Maybe repick the brackets, get some bragging rights, all that good stuff. And then now we continue with our baseball previews, breaking down the NL West. We talked some Dodgers and Padres, specifically about the rotation. By the way, if you missed anything in the show, you can find it on the podcast, which is presented by Blackfoot Communications and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. We talked about rotations. I got, I have a couple questions for you, though, before we get into some of these other middle to bottom of the NL West teams. You mentioned the Dodgers' depth both in their rotation and in their lineup. That is certainly the biggest strength. That's what happens when you spend a quarter of a billion dollars. That's right. They have a $248 million payroll. That in itself is hard to even wrap your mind around. But it seems like the top-end talent for the Padres – both when you talk about, I guess, Mookie Betts and, and Fernando Tatis Jr. sort of X each other out, but the Padres still have one of the great talents in the game in Manny Machado, and they have a couple of the great pitchers in the game still. So to me, first, a question about pitchers. Is Blake Snell now officially the best left-handed pitcher in the National League ahead of Clayton Kershaw? Where are you at with Kershaw? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, that's what we're going to have to wait and see because the, the Rays – just babied him so much. Right. For Snell, yes. And obviously, we saw that in the World Series. Like, he was absolutely dealing, and they pulled him out of the game. Obviously, that's kind of like the, that the happened. famous thing. Yeah. And so he's talked about, like, I can't wait to prove, like, what I can actually do and reach my full potential by going six, seven innings instead of only pitching four or five every single time because that's kind of how the Rays do it. So he certainly has the stuff, and he's younger than Kershaw. Um, but until he does it, and proves it, um, Kershaw's still the, the king. Second question. There's a lot of hype around you, Darvish, as maybe the the preseason frontrunner for Cy Young Award. Do you believe in that, or do you believe... Is he even the best pitcher on the staff, or is it Snell? Where are you at with Darvish? I think Darvish is really, really good. Um, he is good. I, I think 
DeGrom is has got to be the favorite, though. I mean, that guy is just insane. Um, and I, I like DeGrom to, to win the Cy Young. But I think if I would have bet on anybody else other than DeGrom to win it, I would go you, Darvish, just because... He's got, you know, seven, eight, nine different kind of pitches. And he he just he figured something out a year and a half ago where he's been throwing his cutter more. And not to get too technical, but he he just he figured it out and he stopped walking a lot of guys. He stopped kind of nitpicking and he figured out just his uh you know more pitch sequencing. Pitching is it's been very fascinating over the last couple of years because a lot of the guys are starting to embrace analytics. We talk about analytics in in basketball and football, like only you know, a lot of these teams are only shooting threes now because that's what the analytics say. Like, do you go for it on fourth down? Like, what do the analytics say? And they're you know, all the announcers are talking about it during football games, and there's kind of like a pushback between the old school. Like, I don't care what analytics say. Like, we got to establish a run. Like things like that. Like, it's funny how analytics in the last few years are making their way into each of the the major sports that we all follow. But I think for baseball, it's really getting into it as far as, you know, hitting and, and pitching in particular, as far as how you can mirror certain pitches and which pitches work well off of each other. So, you know, you, you might have, you know, a, a cutter that works really well with your, your slider, you know, things like that. Like ones that like, you stay in the same, on the same path until later on. And so it's harder for the, the hitter to determine which pitch it is. Um, and so he's kind of figured something out, out there. So you Darvish is great. As long as the Padres can stay healthy, I think they have a legitimate chance to beat the Dodgers in this division, which hasn't been done in a long, long time. Health, obviously, being the main concern. Tatis kind of hurt his shoulder yesterday in the spring training game. They're they're banged up a little bit already. Um, they're not as deep as the Dodgers, so they got to stay healthy. But they they got a shot to give the Dodgers a run if if they can just stay healthy. Text from Riley Corker. All he says is, "My goodness." He doesn't. He's not. This is why we need to get him in. To we're we're going to have too, a, yeah. we're going to have an, an, an old West Redux. Maybe you could swing by on Tuesday with yeah. Riley. So maybe Riley can swing by next Wednesday. But, Riley and yeah. I also got in a huge fight today, trying to make a, <laughs> trying to make a fantasy baseball trade. And so I know he's listening right now. And Riley, that was not a bad offer by me by any means. But yeah, we 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 got into it. We were texting when you guys were in Indianapolis, and I was so annoyed because we had our draft. He was doing our draft when you guys were there. And then I just... I think he was doing it from a game. Yeah, and I was like, I'm trying to been communicate with him and do trades, but he's been like, you know, obviously ignoring me kind of because he's been traveling and, and flying with you and things like that. And uh, and then we really got into it this morning as far as uh, a little back and forth with some trade stuff. He just texted me too. <laughs> Snowana is now, Sean Rady. Joining me, Coulter Nuwana. has only got about two minutes left here, Sean. But I think this is a pretty clear cut in terms of the, who the top two are. I think that... Whoever wins the division, the other team will be definitely among, if not the favorites in the yep. National League to get a wild card spot for sure. So I guess I, 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 we we can get into some of the other ones when Riley comes back in for the if we do a, a little NL West Redux. But I'll just start. Do, do any of the other three teams have a chance to make a run at a wild? Card? Yeah, I'm just going to keep talking until you tell me to, to shut up. Um, I, I think the San Francisco Giants are the third best team in this division. Interesting. A lot of people kind of are picking the Diamondbacks. But I kind of like how the the Giants, you know, exceeded expectations last year. They got a, a lot of young talent, and I, I just I like the Giants. There's just something about them. Um, you know, they got a little bit better in the bullpen. They got they got some pitching to go along with hitters, and they have better young prospects that are coming up. I think the Diamondbacks. There's just something about this Diamondbacks team. Zach Gallen had has some forearm tightness going on in spring. 
he's by far their best pitcher. And if he One is the best hurt, young talent. Yeah, and if, and if he's hurt at all, like Bumgarner, I think is kind of over the hill, and the rest yep. of their guys are kind of just eh. Colorado, man, I, it's got to feel so bad for Rockies fans. Like, you just basically give away R&O for next to nothing. Kyle Freeland just got hurt. I they could, just don't have the pitch. I could see them. Hang, right? I could see them. This being real ugly. I could see them trading tor- like Trevor Story and Herman Marquez right. midseason and it being a total rebuild. Just it, fire sale. Yeah. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprises. Enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 